Thank you, Celia, and good morning. It's great to be with you, to come such a long way from Hammersmith. It's a 14-minute walk of beauty on a morning like this, particularly with an extra hour of sleep. Um, I've been asked to speak on the spiritual Christian discipline of sacrifice, so hold on to your seat. Um, and I'm going to do it out of the Mark version of the Matthew text that we have just uh, read. And in the Mark version, in chapter 8 of Mark, it says, Then he called the crowd to come to him and said to his disciples, If anyone comes after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. A few years ago, I was on holiday in Jersey, uh, which, as you know, is a small island off the coast of France, but it's British. And I was working with the church for a short time, and there was a pack of Hell's Angels that got involved with us somehow. And I started talking to the leader of the pack of Hell's Angels, and I said to him, what do you want to do with your life? And he said to me, I want to travel. I said, where do you want to go? He said, well, my first stop will be Sheffield. I was a bit shocked by this because that was not my life's ambition. Um, again, a few years ago, I was in Atlanta and a very well-dressed man came up to me after a talk and he was small and he came up and he kind of looked, rose his head, looked at my face and said, if I was as tall as you, I would have become president of the United States of America. Um, what do you want from your life? What do you want to accomplish? Uh, do you want to go to Sheffield? It's available. Do you want to become president of the United States? Probably not. It's not going to happen. Do you want a great job? Do you want to be wealthy? Do you want a long, rich, lasting marriage? Do you want to write a book? Do you want to build a business? Do you want to be your own boss? Do you want to have a fit body? Do you want to be a great father or a great mother, brother or sister? And do you want to follow Jesus Christ? If you want a great job, wealth, a lasting marriage, writing a book or building your business, or being your own boss or a fit body, then a question arises. What are you prepared to sacrifice to do that? What are you willing to embrace to fulfill those desires? What are you willing to fight with and fight for to achieve what you want in your own life? Because usually, if you want something and the benefits of something, you need to embrace the struggle that is associated with it. Those two things often come together. But often, in our present culture, we want the reward, but not the struggle. We want it to be as easy as possible. Um, I have a dream. I have a dream that I'm a golf champion. And I dream I'm walking down the last fairway at Royal Birkdale and the English, the British Open, and I'm 
five shots ahead, and everybody's cheering. The only problem is, I don't play golf. It's not going to happen. I also have a little dream that I could play the piano like a man called Bruce Hornsby. Anybody know Bruce Hornsby? I ask this question every now and again, and I'm always alone in the answer. He's a pianist, a jazz pop pianist. I wish I could play the piano like Bruce Hornsby. The only problem is, can't play the piano. So these are just dreams. They will never, ever happen. They're just fantasies of my own imagination. However, there are certain things that I'm prepared to put effort into so I may achieve them. I will put almost anything into continuing to develop my marriage. I'll put almost anything into paying attention to God's call on my life. But the question that Jesus was asking these disciples, and I think asks us today, is what do you want to do with your life? What do you want to do with me? In Deuteronomy verse 30, in chapter 30, uh, God takes us on a journey, takes the people of Israel on a journey, and takes us on a similar journey, where he says this, I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. I have set before you life and death, blessings and cursings. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice and hold fast to him. So God's really saying to his Old Testament people, what do you want? Choose life. And in our text, Jesus is asking the same question to the disciples. Really, he's asking them, do you want me? Do you want me really? And then he says, if you do, there are three things you need to pay attention to. And these are quite stark. These are not difficult to understand, but they are quite stark and real. And the first thing Jesus says is, if you want me, then you will need to learn what it means to deny yourself. They were called to deny themselves. Now, denying yourself uh, doesn't mean that you have to lay aside all the good things that God's given you. Uh, it doesn't mean no more chocolate for the rest of your life. It doesn't mean no more beer for the rest of your life. Remember Benjamin Franklin said, beer is the proof that God loves us. One of my best Benjamin Franklin quotes. In fact, it's my only Benjamin Franklin quote. So this doesn't mean when Jesus says to them, deny yourself, it doesn't mean you have to lay aside all those good things that God's given you. It's much more fundamental than that. And there'll be times when you will deny yourself beer or chocolate, maybe around Lent, as you pay particular attention to God. But to, to deny yourself means you cease to make yourself the center of your own life. That you understand that my life is not about me. I am not the main point of my own life. This is difficult for us to grasp because we have a whole culture saying you are the point. 
you're worth it. We have an advertising industry that flatters us constantly and tells us, don't deny yourself. Just do whatever you like and earn as much money to do whatever you like. But Jesus is saying here, you are not the object of your own life. Denying yourself means that you make him the center of your life. You put him in the driver's seat. So deny yourself, sacrifice. Take up your cross. Another zinging, powerful phrase. Because the cross was a Roman place of execution. <clears throat> it was a Roman execution machine on a rubbish dump, as far as Jesus was concerned, outside a city wall. And bearing your cross doesn't mean putting up with all the little irritations of life. Where you're queuing for a bus and it's in the rain. Where you go to Barclays and there's a queue in the way and you have to wait and you say, I'm bearing my cross. It means that you, as a Christian, choose the way of the cross. That's what it means to bear the cross. You choose the way of the cross. That you choose your life with the realization that you're going to go the way of Jesus. And that, for him, meant times of struggle, endurance, challenge, hardship. And you discover, if you go the way of the cross, that you take up your cross and discover that this way of sacrifice that was for him can also be the way of sacrifice for you. And that there'll be things that God will ask you to do in your own life that will, will mean embracing difficulty and hardship. Not necessarily a life of ease. If you take up your cross, you'll find out that there is a destination as you go on this journey that is to do with the intersection of the Holy Spirit as you go on that journey. Because although he invites us to take up our cross, he doesn't call us to do that alone. And then thirdly, Jesus says, follow me. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Those who would come after me must follow me. Tom Wright, brilliant theologian, has said this. We lay aside our own dreams and we follow his. That's what it means to follow that we lay aside our own imaginations to what our own life's meant to be. And we put our lives in the center of his life and we follow his dreams. If you are a disciple, you hang around with your teacher. You spend time with your teacher. You follow them, you pay attention to them. You listen and you watch and you absorb them. And that's all of what was contained in the idea of following, when Jesus said, follow me. A great image that I love, but let me warn you, I have never done this myself, is bird watching. Any bird watchers here? Twitchers? One or two? Maybe not. 
Rowan Williams, in his book, Being a Disciple, has got this image of bird watching and following Jesus, being a disciple. And it goes this way. And in bird watching, you sit still, poised, alert, not tense, not fussy. You know this is the kind of place where something extraordinary suddenly bursts into view. You are open, relaxed, and full of expectancy, ready to catch the flash of the kingfisher's wing. You're ready to hear the voice of the Spirit and see what he wants you to see, but you need to be there. You need to be following, otherwise you don't notice. And to follow Jesus, I think, means that you are open, relaxed, and full of expectancy. You pay attention to his word to you. So deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow. If you choose to ignore all this, what does it get you? You can choose not to deny yourself and put yourself at the center, and in the end, your life is going to be tedious, particularly for people around you. You can choose to avoid the struggle, and in the end, you just... Uh, cultivate a life of relative uselessness. You can choose to avoid following, but remember, you are always following something. Always. You have no choice but to follow. The only question is, what will you follow? Who will you follow? And Jesus concludes all of this, this challenging sacrificial life, denying yourself, taking up your cross and follow him by explaining that this is not just the way of sacrifice, it's the way of life. So he's saying to them, choose life. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever will lose his life for my sake and the gospel will save it. And Jesus is saying, pay attention here, because if you enter into this life of sacrifice, it's actually not a journey into death as you would imagine it to be. It's actually a journey into life. It is here that you will become fully alive. We had a church weekend away not too long ago and uh, 300 of us went to a Christian conference center. It was a blazing hot day and... Um, I was walking around the campus and there was a 10-year-old boy lying on his back with his arms wide open in the sunshine. And he didn't know I was there, he had his eyes closed. And as I walked past, I heard him say, this is the life. This is the life. Sponge fighting and football. This is the life. And it was a 10-year-old boy fully alive. My invitation to you is if you are going to be fully alive, it will be by denying yourself, by taking up your cross, and by following Jesus and becoming extraordinarily fully alive. Amen.